a once-in-a-lifetime. You need to never stop improving. The constant focus on individual growth. How will you be financially free? Welcome to the Empower Podcast. Spencer, it is so good to have you on the Empower Podcast. I have been friends with you for years now, yeah. right? And I think a lot of people are, are curious, like, who are you? Who is Iron Gate? Who are our advisors? How do I plan for my future financially? And we're going to cover all that today. Awesome. But before we jump into that, I just want them to know you and kind of know your story and our story. I don't know if you remember this. When I first met you, I literally was coming. I was at my parents' house visiting uh-huh. them in Alpine, and mm-hmm. I walked upstairs and I see this huge tall guy sitting at their table. <laughs> and I was skeptical. I don't know if I ever told you that or uh-huh. if you could tell or read the situation, but I was skeptical. My parents are a little more um, maybe naive to the investing world and the trading world. And I was kind of like, who is this guy talking to my parents? Yeah. I don't know if you can remember those vibes. I kind of questioned I, you like, who are you? What do you do? What are you doing? I, I totally remember that. It's funny where, you know, a majority of the people that we meet and start working with are from referrals. And your parents have neighbors, friends that have been longtime clients of ours. Yeah. And so they reached out. And I remember talking with your mom and she said, hey, so-and-so said, you've done a good job. Do you mind, you know, helping us out? And I said, yeah, let's do it. And so uh, I totally remember coming down, meeting with your parents, and then you coming up and uh, and asking questions yeah. about. Yeah. And they were good questions. I was actually impressed. I remember uh, when I got back to the office, one of my partners, Brian, who you haven't met yet, but uh, asked, hey, how'd it go and stuff? And I was like, good. And I was like, they actually have a son who's working with a solar company. I was like, he actually seemed pretty sharp and, and on it just because I think you already we're able to see kind of the, I don't know, the blind spots of the industry, so to speak. And that's kind of what you were picking me at and pointing questions. And honestly, just because of how we do stuff, which we'll elaborate a lot more on, I really appreciated questions like that because obviously we have answers for them. Totally. And that's why I'm excited to have you on the podcast. I feel like I've worked with a lot of financial advisors. I just, being in the industry, there's a lot of people that hit us up, right? As sales guys that say, hey, you guys make quite a bit of money. Can I manage your money? Can I handle it? I met with Northwestern Mutual, Edward Jones. I met with different um, just groups in general. And I always felt like I could have done the same thing yeah. almost, right? And that's why when I met you, I was already handling my own money. I wasn't handling a ton of it. I wasn't doing a great job. There's nothing special. But I just felt pretty confident. And I remember telling my parents, I'll just take care of it for you. Like, mm-hmm. you don't need to pay somebody. Like, I'll just take care of it for you. So it's funny to see us now full circle come around. But you obviously won me over there. And then now it's been a couple of years I've worked with you and it's been awesome ever since. Yeah. And I want these guys to get to know you. So tell us a little about like where you're from, where you grew up, your kind of your background, how you got into this industry, stuff like that. Awesome. So, um, and I'll go as quickly as I can. Originally from Pocatello, Idaho and uh, grew up, my whole dream was to play in the NBA, Mm -hmm. uh, play professional basketball. And so that's what everything was geared towards. I went to college at Utah State University and played basketball there. And it's funny, my freshman year, so it would have been 98-99, which, you know, you guys were just coming into the world at that time. Um, Anyway, that's what was called the dot-com bubble. Uh And so... That was when online trading, everyone knows about Robinhood now. Yeah. It's so crazy that there's so many parallels. Back when I was a freshman in college, it was E-Trade and Ameritrade yeah. that's, that 
created an opportunity for me to go open up an account, which was so unique at the time, and actually trade stocks. Mm -hmm. And the internet was starting to make that possible for everyone. I feel so old talking like this, but it's so <laughs> so true. your freshman year of college, uh -huh. you were at school. Where did you say you? So I went in? to Utah State, and you were playing basketball. I was right? playing basketball. One of my teammates, um, older teammates. Uh, was trading stocks. And I went and stayed with him during Christmas break because they closed campus down. And uh, and he just showed me what he was doing. Now, I already was taking some accounting courses and stuff. I knew I wanted to go into business. Uh -huh. But when I saw him trading stuff, I was like, this is interesting. Wow. And so that was kind of the, the tipping point for me to start being involved in investing. And and once again, so similar to Robinhood, I had like $500 to my name. I remember putting it in a TD Ameritrade, or a, it wasn't TD Ameritrade at that time. It was just Ameritrade um, at that time. And then there was E-Trade. And I actually opened up an E-Trade account, put my $500, Dang. and I was killing it. An I was early investor. Early investor. Anything that had .com behind it, pets.com, <laughs> bank.com. I mean, anything. You're buying. It was going up. Yeah. And so I was buying, and I was making money, and I was like, this is the easiest thing in the world. It's the I best mean, job ever, this right? Is, yeah, this is so simple. Why haven't I been doing this? And I was telling my parents, this is so easy. Look at this. I've, I've turned 500 into 1,200 and then 1,500, and it just kept going up and up and up. And I thought I was such a genius. And then I ended up going on my mission, and, and during my mission, and I bought stuff that I was like, hey, this is going to be great. I'll, you know, I'm going to own it for two years because I'm not going to be able to trade on my so mission. So the plan and stuff was like to that. hold. Yeah, it the was to hold over your mission. And I was going to be, I mean, I was going to have a whole lot more money in <laughs> yep. two years when I came home. Well, obviously the dot-com bubble burst. Yeah. And not everything that had dot-com <laughs> behind it ended up doing well. Yeah. And I ended up losing all my money on So you on came that. home to nothing. Came home to nothing. Came home wow. to, to nothing. And it was... To be honest with you, it was the best education I could have ever gotten that um, typically money is not easy and, and investing isn't, bet, isn't gambling. Because that's really at that time how I was playing it. Yeah. I, I viewed it as poker chips that I was just placing that I didn't know almost anything about the companies, mm -hmm. but I was just putting it on it because I saw green and the trend line was going up. And so... It was it was it was painful at the time, but I look back. It was the cheapest education I ever paid for. Yeah. It only cost me five hundred dollars, but I learned such a valuable lesson. For sure, that's rich dad poor dad style, yeah. kind of right. Exactly. Like, just go out there and do it. If you lose it all, it's okay. But just go out there and do it. And guys, this might be a good time to kind of introduce Spencer a little bit more. I realize you handle all investing, financial advising. Like you're a stockbroker. Would you consider that right? Yeah. And you advise me and a lot of other people on how to use their money. And yeah. this is kind of a cool story of this is how you started. This is what piqued your interest. And you had to fail once. And I think that's really valuable because you help other people not fail, yeah. like myself, right? Absolutely. And then you learned how to fail. You came back. You kept going to school. And then your career kind of took off in basketball, right? Yeah. So that's exactly right. I came home, continued to invest. And what I realized was hey, I'm going to major in accounting and finance Okay. because the goal was to make the NBA. I want to be smart with my money. I don't want to lose the $500 wow. again type of thing. You don't thing. want to be Allen Iverson. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So um, I did that. I graduated, ended up not quite making the NBA. I had a, the, the term would be I had a cup of coffee in the NBA, meaning a really quick stint. Okay. And then I went to Europe and, and played in Europe for 10 years. 
um, managed my own portfolio during that time. And it, it's interesting. We talked a little bit before this how I think the ability to relate to a lot of your sales guys yeah. or a lot of or, or even you in this situation yeah. was I was 24 years old. <clears throat> Going to Europe, not making NBA money, but yeah. making solid money, a lot of money for a 24-year-old. I mean, guys in and Europe, roughly, what are they making playing basketball? So the top guys in Europe are making three to five million a year. Wow. But then there's bottom level guys that uh-huh. are, you know, I mean, making almost nothing. But if you if you're making 250 grand to a million, you're doing you're doing well. You're one of the top tier, like on top tier teams. And then, like I said, the top players are making three to five million. And you were somewhere in that ballpark, right? So yeah, I was. I was fortunate enough to to start off in a really good place. I was playing in what's called the Euro League, which is like the second best league in the world behind wow. the NBA, and uh, and was able to sign for with some really good teams, and uh-huh. fortunately had some really good contracts. So I immediately came into to money that I wasn't used to having. At 24. At 24. 24, 25 is Dang. when it, that, that first year of the contract. And <laughs> uh, and it lasted for 10 years. And like I said, I, I, I learned so much early on, but then also, you know, accounting and finance degrees helps you figure things out. Um, and, and experience is a valuable lesson as well. But also, you know, during that time, and you guys can relate to this, as a professional basketball player, every financial advisor in the world was hitting me up For saying, sure. hey, let us manage your money. We're a financial mm-hmm. planner. You got to put a plan together. We're money managers. You know, you have all these terms for these guys in the industry. And I always took meetings with them, not because I ever planned on having them manage my money, but I always wanted to learn as much as I could from them. Yeah. And it, I, it I'm was, laughing because that's kind of how I felt about you. Uh-huh. That's when, yeah. when I first met you. It was like, my parents are like, hey, you should meet with Spencer. He's a great guy. He sounds awesome. He helps this family and this family, and they're all very successful. And I'm like, you know what? I'll, like, learn from him. Yeah. I'm not going to deal with him. I'll just do it myself. I'll learn from him. So I know that feeling. Yeah. And uh, and and I'll never forget, I actually – this was kind of earlier on. Um, I remember sitting on a plane. I was on my way back to Europe, and I, it was a flight from Salt Lake to Denver, and then I was going Denver to, like, Munich or something like that. And uh, I was sat next to a guy, and I was reading the Wall Street Journal. He was just reading a magazine, and I started talking with him, and he was a financial advisor okay. for Raymond James is who he was working with. And uh, I was like, oh, awesome. I get to pick this dude's brain for a little while. Yeah. And uh, I asked him a couple questions, and he kind of – shifted around on the answers. He didn't really answer the questions. And finally, he looked at me. He was like, dude, to be honest with you, I don't know much about the stock market at all. I, wow. I, I just meet with clients. I do what they tell me to do. I do what the Raymond James people tell me to do. And I just try not to screw it up. Damn. And it was so, it, it was refreshing in the sense the dude was totally honest. But I was like, so you don't, you don't read the Wall Street Journal? He's like, no, I don't read the journal. I... You don't you don't really watch the market. He's like well, once a week or so. I just pay attention to what's going on in it. Yeah, and it was just an eye opening experience for me to understand. At the time, I thought, "Wow, this dude, how can he be successful?" But as I met with more and more advisors, I realized 
that's a majority of the industry. For sure. A majority of the industry is, and it, I, look, good dudes, like I'm not trying to knock anyone. It, it, good guys that are ultimately salespeople. They're mm-hmm. not investors. They're mm-hmm. not money managers. And we hate sales guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh my, salespeople, man. Horrible. Horrible people. No, it, exactly. So it's not bad, but the <clears throat> model in the industry typically is yeah. get guys, if you're Edward Jones or Northwestern Mutual, have them bring the money, bring the people in, devote a majority of their time to bringing the people in for sure, and then have other mutual funds, put them in mutual funds where the mutual funds are actually managing the money. Definitely. And so I, I just learned really quickly, kind of like what you said, that for a majority of the industry, I could do it myself. If yeah. I wanted to follow that, I could open up a Vanguard account. Mm-hmm. I could go invest in the S&P 500. And Warren Buffett tells you to do this. He's like, if you can't find an advisor that has a track record for outperforming the market, you should just open up a Vanguard account and invest in what's the VOO. It's the Vanguard S&P 500 index. Yeah. And just keep putting money into it. Because that's better than paying someone that doesn't know what they're doing. Exactly. That's just a sales guy, right? Exactly. And And, and the other side of it is... You have a sales guy that's going to take a commission of it, but then you also have the actual money manager that's going to take a commission from it. You know, the guy actually investing. So you you have to pay two people in order to do it. And very rarely, very, very rarely, actually less than 8% of the time, are you going to outperform having to pay two people than you are if you just invest in the S&P 500. Spencer, I think this would be an awesome time. Just really quickly, I want to finish up your story about how you got into Iron Gate, your career in basketball. Yeah. But just on a very basic level, what what do you consider a stockbroker? What do you consider a financial advisor? Like for these guys that are listening, they've never maybe worked with a financial advisor. They've never met with an Edward Jones. They've never met with anybody, especially not a real advising group. Yeah. What what do you consider yourself or how do you how do you kind of describe that, that role? So great question. Um a, a really good financial advisor, and th- th- there's going to be a little cliche and corniness in this, but it, it's completely true. So a good financial advisor, first of all, understands who a client is mm-hmm. and where they're currently at. Okay. Okay. You're, so job number one, get to know the client. Get to know the client. Understand who they are and then where they're currently at. You're 25 years old. You're in Southern California selling solar and yeah. you're making 175000 a year, whatever yeah. it is. And then the second part is understanding what are your goals. And most of the time, you've got a good financial advisor will will listen really well, but then also educate. Yeah. Because some people have no idea what their goals are. And that's totally okay. Mm-hmm. Do I want to retire at 40? Do I want to retire at 65? You know, that kind of stuff. And so yeah. really quickly, a good financial advisor can ask a few questions to be able to focus in on, hey, what's the real goal here? What are yeah. we trying to co- accomplish? And then the third part is just having the expertise. A good financial advisor has the expertise to understand what it's going to take to accomplish those goals. Mm-hmm. And when I say expertise... The laws are changing constantly. Tax laws are changing. Um, Retirement account laws, different strategies that you can have. And so from a good financial advisor standpoint, you can't just know what you know and be done with it. And it's going to last you 40 years, especially in this day and age. Things are changing so much. And so it's someone that's staying up to date on all of the, you know, you have to be a, a, 
I'm not going to say a CPA because yeah. you can't be, but you have to be educated in tax law. For sure. You have to be educated when it comes to retirement planning. You have to be educated when it comes to estate planning mm-hmm. and know enough to be dangerous in all of those areas. And a good financial advisor will be able to do that and then know kind of the threshold of, okay, at this point, this is beyond my expertise. Now we need to bring in an estate attorney who's in Somebody the weeds else. on all of it. Because this is big time or whatever it is. Exactly. Help you advise you. So, I mean, in a general term, I feel like most financial advisors, you said three things. You said first get to know you, then understand your goals, and then have the expertise to execute them, right? Yeah, exactly. I feel like most financial advisors are really good at the first two. Mm-hmm. They're usually pretty good at sales guys, get to know you, they'll talk to you, they'll find out your goals, but they don't really know where to take your money or they don't have the options to. They're yeah. stuck, right? That's what I found with Edward Jones or Fidelity or whoever else. It was like, yeah, here, nice to meet you. Here's your goals. Well, all I can do is put your money here. And for me, I'm like, dude, I could put my money other places. I could make more of it probably. Yeah, that, it's perfect analysis. You're exactly right. That expertise, and there's kind of, there's two, maybe even three parts to it. The expertise is it takes a lot of time Uh and a lot of energy to be able to be an expert on these things. For sure. And so if you're spending your time doing that, then you're not spending your time out selling. Mm -hmm. So that's where kind of the model in the industry is Northwestern or whoever it is, is like, hey, don't worry about knowing all that stuff. We'll just know, know a little bit. We'll know. Just go sell. Just yeah. go sell. But then the the challenge in, in those situations is Northwestern Mutual to mitigate their risk. They don't allow that guy to control any of the money generally. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the mutual funds that they're putting them in. And so um, – They don't allow him because from a risk standpoint, they don't want him to screw up and lose clients' money so that there's a lawsuit or something like that. So it's safe, it's easy. Exactly. It is that Warren Buffett fund, really, pretty much, right? Well, yes, but not even that. But most of the time, they won't even get that. Like I said, less than 8% of the time will they actually outperform that Warren Buffett fund. And that's partly because of the fee structure. And so the, the reality is to be an expert takes so much time and energy that that's what you have to focus on. And we'll get into this. Yeah. That's where we at Iron Gate focus our time and energy. We aren't outselling. And like I said, 98% of our clients come because of yeah, situation, them. Yeah. situations from your parents. They call us and it's like, hey, so-and-so has had a good experience. They say you do a good job. Do you mind meeting with us and talking sure. about it? And so that's that's probably one of the biggest difference in in the in the industry is that we try to be experts and bury the needle in that and like you said most of the time they don't have the time or energy to be able to do that and even on a more broad surface level like a dictionary definition of a financial advisor is someone that takes your money invests it for you and helps you plan for the future yeah right yeah i mean a very surface level answer and i think a lot of our reps they need that cuz just like you you were in your 20s making a lot of money and you probably saw just like how I have seen a lot of guys make that money and spend that money fast. I, I had great teammates that it was so enter- entertaining when we'd go to Milan or uh, I, I just remember we had one dude who just loved Mont Blanc, just yeah. loved Mont Blanc. And every time we went through the Malpensa airport in Milan, he had to go to the Mont Blanc store and buy something. And you have this dude just buying ridiculous like financial planners and stuff like that, like the actual Franklin Covey plan. Yeah. But because it said Mont Thousands Blanc, of dollars oh, and- like 2,500 or three grand or uh, I mean, just all this kind of stuff. And 
yeah, they, they, they were making a lot of money, and so they were spending a lot of money, but they, 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 they were focused so much on the here and now, and they were good guys, but they were focused on the here and now, and they didn't realize, hey, especially in a basketball career, you have a limited number of years. You get yeah. to 35, 36, you're done, and that tap is going to get turned off. For sure. And a lot of times people aren't thinking 10 years down the line. Definitely. I think we're the same way here, right? I mean, you no. can't knock doors forever, and we don't want our guys to knock doors forever. That's why we have all these partnerships with companies like Iron Gate because, I mean, like I told you on the phone, and, I mean, you've known me for years now working yeah. with Empower, our two whys are individual growth and financial freedom. Like, we want all of our reps to experience both of those things. And if they don't find people like you or like, you know, the real estate groups we're invested in and stuff like that, they're not going to ever hit that. Their time will expire on the doors, and they'll be back to an $80,000 a year job, yeah. kind of like a lot of basketball players you probably saw. Absolutely. And – I, you know, not to blow smoke, but I think it's awesome what you're doing in terms of trying to do those two things and accomplish those two things for your employees. And, and to give Jake a plug, as I've talked with him over and over, he emphasizes, hey, what, how can we help our employees get to that point of independence? Because that's really what everyone's searching for is the freedom mm-hmm. and the independence. And, and I love the sincerity that that's how you're viewing it. And I think that as you do that, you're going to attract you know, better and better people. And, yeah. then, and, and, and that quality of people is obviously going to help your business grow, which I know, you know, you're thinking long-term in that sense. But, uh, but yeah, the, the, the challenge is, you know, in a sales industry, you guys are a transaction-based industry. Yeah. So if you want to make money, there has to be a transaction. But the nice part is 24-year-old to 35-year-olds or whoever's selling for you, Generally, more money is coming in those transactions than what they need right now to live. So the the goal and the strategy is get that other money working for you. Yeah. So that whether you're sleeping, whether you're on vacation, whether you're somewhere else, you're still making money mm-hmm. and growing it. And it's not going to require you to knock doors for the next 20 years of your life. Definitely. And I think that's what's so cool. I'm, I've been so hyped about this podcast. I've been really excited to get you on here. Because we have so many employees that are a first-year rep or second-year rep. And something that I want everyone to know that's listening is, of course, we have real estate partners, like I've told you about. Yeah. And now we're going to have Iron Gate kind of be our stock partners. I don't know what you yeah. want to call it, financial advising partners that handle our money. And there's so many of our employees that we tell, hey, do real estate. But this is also an amazing avenue. There's so many people that have gotten very, very wealthy through the market, like Warren Buffett, for yeah. example, right? Mm-hmm. And you've ha- you handle tons of money and a lot of people's money in Alpine that I know of that I grew up with and stuff like that. And I really want to make sure these guys understand that, hey, real estate's great, but that might take a while to be able to afford that. This is something you can jump in now. Mm-hmm. And you did that throughout your basketball career, right? You were always investing, handling your own money. How long did you play basketball for? I don't even know. So I played 10 years. Wow. <laughs> um, and, and you're exactly right. Fortunately... From day one, I started investing because I was making more than I needed, yeah. and I wanted that money working for me. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I was able to stay invested and continue to invest. And And one thing that's funny about it is um, I know the amount that I have invested. Mm-hmm. I know what it's grown to. And since I uh, retired from basketball, I, the goal has always been never to touch the principal. 
Wow. Never, live off interest. Always live off the growth. And uh-huh. and obviously, I still work and I still have other things that I do. And I, I love real estate. I have yeah. real estate ventures as well. Yeah. But, but the goal is if you can build this nest egg, so to speak, and have it grow never never touch that principle mm-hmm. just just only carve off the growth of it if you need it and sometimes i have to to do other things and sometimes i haven't but you know in terms of real estate versus stocks um it, it's funny to hear kind of a lot of times it's it's put in that kind of limelight of real estate versus stocks and i my whole shift is real estate and stocks yeah um because really, a lot of times people, and, and this is just educating everyone, when you think of stocks, it, most of the time people think of it back like I did in 1999 when I was an 18-year-old kid as kind of poker chips. Yeah. And it's placing bets on different companies. And you have to shift your perspective if you're going to be a successful investor to realize that you are owning those companies. Mm-hmm. So you look at... It, Everyone on this podcast understands that Empower is a company that started how many years ago? About four years. Four years ago. Started from nothing. Yeah. And what has it done? It's grown. It's continued to grow. If I gave anyone on this call an opportunity to say, would you want to own a piece of Empower? I would bet 99.9% of them would be like, yeah, this company's killing it. We're growing like crazy. Okay. You have to think of it, the stock market, in the exact same way. You aren't placing a bet on Apple. You're owning Apple. So when you look at the companies, you know, all of the stocks, thousands and thousands of stocks traded on on the exchanges, it's not, hey, who do I want to place bets on? But who do I want to own? If I was to own a company, what companies do I really believe in for the long term that are going to be successful? Well, empower, I'll put some money on, you know, in, in that to own it. But that's how we view investing is you are actually owning a business. And I think that just that little tweak helps people understand, oh, I, it's not a bet. It literally is equity ownership in this company. And so I have to really believe in it, that it's going to do something and, and that it's going to be successful. Yeah. And that just that little mindset helps people understand just like I'm going to go buy a, a rental property or invest in real estate and own it for a long period of time, most successful investors do the same thing, but it's buying a business and planning on owning it for a long period of time. For sure. And so you were investing all throughout your, M- or not MBA, but almost MBA career, right? Right below yeah. that. And guys, you did play in the NBA for a second, right? For a second. You had a slight stint with the Jazz, didn't you? I did. I had a slight stint. It was very, It was, yeah, it, it, it was a great time. I loved it. It was back. Uh, Darren Williams was a rookie that year. Carlos Boozer was on the team. Harpreen, Karolinko, Jerry wow. Sloan was still coaching it and stuff like that. So it was, it was awesome. It was a great time. And then I actually went to training camp one more time with them a few years later. And, uh, and so, yeah, it was great. But yeah, the whole time I'm investing, I'm meeting with financial advisors. And, and that actually is a pretty good segue to where I meet my two partners now. I meet Brett yeah. and Brian. So this was about seven years ago. I was getting close to the end of my career. Just wrapping up. Okay. Brett and Brian reached out to me and uh, through Brett, actually. 
And Brian's a former Utah State alum. I met Brett, and I was like, yeah, I'll go meet with these guys and sit down with them. So they wanted you to invest with well, them Well, yeah, and, and, and they knew I was retiring soon. Mm-hmm. And so it was just kind of, hey, this is who we are. What are your plans? You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I met with them going in, honestly, kind of not exactly the same skepticism that you had when yeah. you met with me. But just, hey, these guys are probably typical financial advisors and stuff. Mm-hmm. And after I met with them, um, I was blown away because they were so different. And, and I'll give you just really quickly why were they so different. So they invested in individual companies. That's different than not all, but most. It wasn't just mutual it funds. It wasn't just mutual funds. Which, real quickly, what is a mutual fund? A mutual fund is really a basket of individual stocks. So it's not so really it's, hand-selected. No, it's just... it, well, it is hand-selected by the mutual fund manager, but okay. that's not your advisor. Okay. You know, that's some guy in New York or L.A. or San Francisco, uh-huh. and he's managing that, and he's picking hundreds, and some mutual funds have thousands of companies in them. Uh-huh. And, and I loved how these guys were doing all their own research and actually picking individual names and not investing in hundreds of companies. Yeah. Because my, my theory back in the day and still is, is there's not hundreds of great companies that you can invest in. Yeah. Um, and, and Warren Buffett has this statement. He's like, why would you put more money in your 80th best idea yeah. instead of in your 12th best idea? type of thing. And so so I loved that these guys in the industry would be concentrated positions, but they were building portfolios that owned between 10 and 20 companies. And and they were saying these are the companies that we really believe in and we want we want to invest in. Mm-hmm. And and so I thought that was unique. The second part of it, <clears throat> excuse me, was Brett's background. And yeah. I've talked to you a little bit about Brett's background. Yeah. Brett has such a unique background in options trading, and and that's that is completely unique in the industry. And so that was the second thing. You have Brian, who has a phenomenal track record of picking individual stocks, yeah. and then overlay that with Brett's options trading. It for me, understanding the industry and being being around it for twenty years, I thought, dude, this is a perfect marriage of skill sets mm-hmm. for these guys. And then the third thing that just blew me away. They are the only financial advisor I've ever met with that actually can show their track record of wow. investing. I've never met an advisor. I'm not saying that they, there isn't one. Yeah, they exist somewhere. But, but, you but know. I have never met with an advisor when I say, um, when I'd ask the question and I'd always ask it, what is your performance? You know, what, what has your portfolios done? No one had an answer. Well, we're right around the market. Yeah. We, you know, we've outperformed some years and we've underperformed we're other up years. up 1% yeah. or whatever, right? But, but they don't, not even up 1%. They wouldn't even say that because they don't know it, because wow. they haven't tracked it. No one wants to be measured on performance in this industry because only 8% of advisors actually outperform the stock market. So 92% aren't doing a better job. Then, so what's the point of even bringing it up? Exactly. Okay. And, so, and so when these guys, and, and I brought it today, and you've seen it before, yeah. but when, when they showed me, hey, our all equity portfolio has done this year in and year out, I can see exactly what it did in a 20-year history. I yeah. thought, and, and the fact that they significantly outperform the stock market, that they're one of the few percent, you know, percentage of advisors that have outperformed. But the fact that they were willing to show me that and that they've kept track of it, 
I was like, dude, these dudes, that's, if I'm going to work with an advisor, this is who, this is the type of advisor I'd want to work wow. with. Wow. So that's how you got connected with them. You met with them. Then you decided, you know what, I'm going to move my fund over with them. Yeah. So, so you were doing it on your own before that, right? So I was doing it on my own and I retired. And at that point I did, I started, I actually started working with them. Wow. And, uh, and then, and then came, that's when I came on board and started actually working because when, when I got done and I did, I did a few other things. I did private equity for a little while, mm-hmm. but then, but then at that point, cause you it, had a degree in accounting and finance yeah, right? and, so. an, uh, and an MBA. I ended yeah. up getting my MBA oh, wow. while I was still playing. And, uh, and so I did a few things. But then it made sense, the transition into, hey, I want to work with these guys um, because I really believe in what they're doing. Yeah. Honestly, I had numerous advisors when I got done said, hey, you got a good personality. You have a good network from professional athletics. You know a lot of rich people. Yeah, right? type of like, thing. Like, we'd like you to come work with them. Yeah. But I, I, I remember thinking, how can I go and sit in front of someone and feel just candidly, how can I feel good about it if I don't think I'm adding value? For sure. And if if it's something that they can do for themselves. On their own. On their own. And that's what they're doing. Because those guys, I mean, they were indexers. They yeah. were just going to buy the mutual funds. and, and anybody could have bought. That anyone right? could have done it for themselves. Now, there is value in having advice and having someone to call and say, hey, what do you think of this and that? There is value in that. So I don't want to diminish the industry in general, but from a portfolio management perspective, I think there are very few advisors that actually add value and wow. and, and, and maybe earn their money. For sure. And so you got connected with Iron Gate. You started working with them and you've been with them the last seven years. So I've been working with Iron Gate for four years. For the last four years. Yeah, for the last four years. Yeah, I retired. I officially retired from basketball in 2015, in the fall of 2015, and then started with them and and been with them for actually working for four years. Dang, that's an amazing career in basketball. Yeah. But it's also amazing. You have your MBA. Yeah. You literally continued your education throughout your career while you were making a half million dollars a year or more, right? Or whatever it was. Yeah. Not a lot of people do that. So that's really significant. And now I want to kind of jump into Iron Gate Global. They're a financial advice advising group. You manage people's money, et cetera. And usually for groups like yourself, there is fees. There's things like that to work with you guys. And obviously I've been working with you for multiple years and it kind of came to the point, guys, just to give everyone a little backstory on us and what happened is I've been working with you, Spencer, for multiple years. You've handled my money. You guys have done a great job, really. And um, we've had amazing returns. I think yeah. last year, I was looking online. I might be wrong here, but the last 12 months, I've had a 45% return. So on the money I have invested with Iron Gate. Yeah. So this isn't me just telling people to invest. I'm not doing it, right? I'm not, not, just, I'm not just saying, hey, guys, you should do something I'm not doing. I've been doing it. I had a great return. And I was talking to you last week and saying, hey, I have so many people hitting me up wanting to have your information why don't we have some sort of partnership? Like, why don't we figure something out that benefits both parties like we do with real estate? And that's one thing I love about you guys and you specifically is you're not anti-real estate. You're not saying, hey, that's so dumb, only invest in the stock market. You say both are good, both are great. I do both and you should do both. That's mm-hmm. what you told me. Yep. And you should figure out how you want that weighted and let's work together on it. And that's what I want for our guys. And Iron Gate helps with that, right? All things financial advising, Absolutely. financial planning. Yeah, we and, and 
just uh, so Sean actually asked a few questions that are kind of going in line with this, so we can just hit all these. So he oh, asks, okay. "What's past performance?" We we're kind of touching on that, so maybe get into the details of that. Um, what are global or Iron Gate Global services provided, and how much is the fee? So if we can touch on those. Great question. Great question. Um, so past performance of our all equity portfolio, um, we've been. We've, Iron Gate Global Advisors has been around since 1999. So, and, and I want to give context of that because I could throw out a number and people would say, is that good or is that bad? Totally. So, and, and actually, I'm going to even backtrack one more thing. One other thing that I love about Iron Gate and in that initial meeting I had a lot of respect for is you say that's what your return has been over the last year. That's what my return has been over the last year. I am invested, and Brian, my other partner, and Brett, our other partner, are invested the exact same way as our clients. So it's not like, hey, this is a good stock for me, but probably not for our clients, or vice versa. I think our clients should buy this, but I should. Our portfolios are totally in line. The yeah. only difference is you know, we do have some clients that are older, that are in retirement, that are like, hey, we want to be a little more conservative, and so we have some fixed income. But for guys that are 24 or 41, or even my partner Brian, who's 55, that are fully invested, we are invested in the exact same companies, exact same way, and so our returns are the same way. And for me, that's one of the biggest credibility. That's another thing. Most advisors are not invested exactly the same way as yeah. their clients. And, and that, to me, there's an ethical dilemma there immediately. For sure. Um, but let's go performance. So you know, really quick, before yeah. you even jump into performance, I think it'd be valuable just do a little like investing one on one. Really quick to walk through it. If I really what this is is me saying, Hey Spencer at Iron Gate, I want to give you guys a hundred grand. And you saying, Okay, if you give me a hundred grand, I think we can make this amount back for you every year, right? On that money. Uh huh. But then there's something called compounding interest. Right, so that money that you make me stays in there and it keeps making more and more and more. So these returns that you're about to talk about, these percentages, these are the percentage that you make of that money, right? Is that Correct. what it is? Yes, okay. that's, and, and that's exactly, in fact, we'll use that exact example. We show that on, on this tear sheet. So over the last 20 years since inception, 21 years now, 22 years since inception, the S&P 500, which is the stock market. Okay. So when someone hears the stock market, generally they're talking about the S&P 500, which is the an index of the 500 largest companies in America that are publicly traded that yeah. you could go and buy a piece of. So in the last 22 years, the S&P 500 or the stock market has averaged 6.81% a year. So if you just put your money just in the stock market, it, in the S&P 500, uh -huh. which is a big mutual fund, really, uh -huh. and you just left it in there, it just, it's going to go up 6% a year. 6.81% per, um, per year. Okay. And so if you had $100,000 in 1999 when we started our firm and put it into the S&P 500, the stock market, and just left it there... At the end of 2020, now this is the end of 2020 because we do annual numbers. So yeah. at the end of 2021, we'll so have So six an months ago another. or something. But six months ago, you would have $383,773. So you made roughly 280000 over that 22 years. 
having it grow 6.8%. That's which if is, you never put more money in, you never did anything. Exactly. Right? So so that's good. I mean, 6.8%, you're like, uh, is that good or not? Well, you more than doubled your money, and yeah. that's $283,000 that you made on top of your hundred. So now it's worth just under $400,000. That's great. So our all-equity portfolio of stocks since 1999 has averaged 11.09%. And that's after fees. And wow. so our fees, I'll, I'll talk about fees in a second, but that's after fees. So someone listening saying, well, 11.09, 6.81, that's four, you know, 4.2% difference. Is that big of a difference? Well, compounding, yeah. what you said, compounding in interest, <coughs> that's 11% per year compared to 6.8% per year. That same $100,000, if you invested it into our all-equity portfolio, would have grown to $895,000. Wow. So that 4.2% compounded over 20 years is a difference of just over $500,000 on a $100,000 investment. Wow. So it's a huge, huge difference. And so it's important to say past performance is not indicative of future performance. There are no guarantees that we will get this same performance. It's just important to say that from a disclaimer because there are no guarantees in this industry. And any advisor that gives you a guarantee, run as far as you can because he's, I mean, it's fraudulent. Totally. But, but there's a process that we follow and an investment structure and criteria that, that we've used over 20 something years to get these returns and we will continue to follow that process. So you would expect to continue making these. Yeah. And I think something that's really valuable that we need to talk about, we'll talk about the fees after, but the last 20 years, 99 to 2020, right? You've been through a few ups and downs, not just you guys, but sorry, the, the world has been, yeah. like, we've had the recession. We had the dot-com burst, yeah. right? A lot of people on this call maybe are 18, 19, 20, 21. They don't remember these things. And so you're saying 11% on average every year. That's with some years being really bad because the whole market was horrible. The whole country was in a horrible spot, right? Really good point. Really, really good point. I meet with so many people that they're like, well, what if it goes down? Guess what? It is going to go down. It There's, will crash I, I, I eventually. Can, that's one guarantee I can. It will go up and it will go down at times. And yeah. you're exactly right. So over that 22-year history that we've averaged over 11% a year, you did. You had the dot-com bubble. You had the Great Recession. Yeah. You had COVID. You had a bear market in 2018. So you've really had four major market downturns during that time. And really, that's, that's our process that mm -hmm. buying... I mean, it, it, it's really simple and easy. It obviously gets really detailed behind the scenes. But our four main criteria, we only invest in businesses and industries that we understand. Yeah. We have to invest in companies that have long-term competitive advantages, that we trust their management, and then we buy them at a good price. For sure. And there's a whole bunch that goes on in those four, but those four are the kind of the key criteria we have for any company that we invest in. Uh -huh. And so you're going to have bear markets and you're going to have crashes and you can still get really, really good returns as long as you stay disciplined to your process. And that's, that's what we've been able to do. And so it's amazing to think 11% annually on average through the dot-com burst, right? Through the Great Recession, through COVID, through the 2018 bear market, which a lot of people don't know about, right? There are so many things that have happened. I mean, because last year we got a 45% return. It was yeah. a good year. 
That doesn't happen every year. Yeah. But on average, if you put a hundred grand in 20 years ago, you have 800 plus thousand dollars. A lot of our guys right now, they're out there working. They're filling up their wheelbarrow full of money and they need somewhere to put it. And if they put it now in with you guys, get a hundred grand in there and never added more in 20 years, they could expect returns similar to that. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely the goal is that we continue to replicate. And, and the funny thing, like you look at it, not every year. So you go back the last, uh, and this is, this is the years themselves. You're talking about a trailing 12 months. So 12 months, since 12 months, you're up 40 something percent. Yeah. So in, in 2020, our portfolio was up just under 21%. 2019, it was up 31%. In 2018, it was down 5%. Mm-hmm. You know, in, tw- in, in 2017, it was up 25%. Yeah. So on average, 11%. But notice, it's never 11%. For you know, sure. it's up 16, and then it's up 7, and, then it's, and that kind of stuff. So people shouldn't expect, hey, it's like an annuity. It's going to pay me 11% every year. But on average, through the up years and the down years, that's the goal is to replicate what we've done. No guarantees, but we really feel that we can trust our process that we've refined over the last 20 years, and we feel really good about it. And if we jump into kind of the fees for you guys doing this process, because what I don't want our guys to think, I think this is a common trend, is you make good money for one year, and you think, you know what, I'm going to quit my job and just become a full-time day trader, uh-huh. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I'm going to quit this job that I'm making two hundred grand a year in or 300 grand a year in age 22, I'm gonna bail because I wanna go do real estate. I wanna go do investments, right? It's not worth it. The fees are so minimal, and I've learned that, that the fees are so minimal, keep making your money where you're working. Mm-hmm. Keep filling up your wheelbarrow and give it to somebody else and let them manage it while you focus on making your money. Yeah. It's a lot of work to try and get these returns. It's crazy. Exactly. We Look, it's not our hobby. It yeah. is our, this is what we devote so much time and energy to. And, um, you know, I have a number of clients, whether they be, I, I talked with an attorney not long ago, and he, he does really, really well. And he's like, should I be paying more attention to this? Do I need to get a lot smarter and start doing more of this myself? <clears throat> and I said, look, where can you get the greatest return on your investment right now? Yeah. And he said... Well, obviously, right now, work. You know, what do you bill an hour? And being an attorney is where he's going to make the most money. Yeah. And I said, you pay me to be an expert in this area. You keep doing what you do. Now, if you want to, you can. It's your money. You can do whatever you want. And he's yeah. like, no, that makes sense. And and from the standpoint of sales guys, you guys, you guys have this window with these, you know, credits through the state of California and all this stuff. Yeah. Your greatest return on investment is to focus on selling. In, in my mind, for, for these guys. And then finding someone that can manage your money that you can trust and that can do a good job. In terms of the fees, look, fees in our industry, generally for financial advisors, I've seen anywhere between 1% and 3%. Yeah. Most of the time, and we I talked on it a little bit, most of the time, they're, you're, you don't know it, but you're paying two guys. You're paying your advisor 1.5%. And then the mutual funds that you're actually invested in are charging you another 50 basis points or something like that. I talked yeah. to one of your one of your guys just last night. Yeah. He told me his portfolio. He's paying one and a quarter, but then he's also invested in a mutual fund that's charging him 60 basis points, 59 wow. basis points. So so he's actually paying about 1.85. 1. 1. 8, yeah, yeah. 1.84 to yeah. be exact uh, on that. And so um, that's industry standard. And we at Iron Gate, we, we have a, a, a kind of a pay structure, a fee structure, 
But talking with you, anytime someone refers someone, we match that rate. And mm-hmm. you've gone to bat for your company and said, hey, I want these guys to invest. I want, I want to remove any barriers whatsoever that can be you know, in the way of keeping them from investing and being able to grow their wealth. And so we've decided, and you and I have talked, that we're going to give anyone within the company the Jake Ebert rate, <laughs> yes. Rather than rather than it's you know five thousand dollars or five hundred thousand dollars or whatever it is, and I will tell you that it is below our market fee structure in the sense they we, would be paying more to you guys. They would be paying more if they just walked into the door and gave us fifty grand. They will be paying more, and so we are giving your guys a flat one percent fee on assets under management. Wow. And so from that standpoint, yeah, if they just walked in the door with 50 grand, they would be paying more. But because of the partnership we have, and I love what you're trying to do to get your guys to invest. And then obviously we want to be able to manage these guys' money and grow it. So I think it's mutually beneficial that that, that's the Jake Ebert rate. I don't know what we want to call it, the Empower Iron Gate partnership rate whatever it is. So it's just going to be a flat 1%. And I know you asked a question the other day. And so just to clarify, if someone gives us $100,000, what we do is we bill that account quarterly at the end of each quarter. Mm-hmm. And we we bill it a quarter of 1% of the account value. So $100,000, we would bill that $250 every quarter. Four times a year. Four right? times a year. So it's 1% of that $100,000. The numbers that I gave you, like $100,000 growing into $895,000, that's after fees. All of the numbers we report are after we've taken our fees out of it. Yeah. And so you can grow your money. That 1%, honestly, we are below market rate. But we also, just to, to, to be fully candid, we're competitive. Yeah. We, we, we love to get performance. And if we're charging clients 3%, all of a sudden this 11 point number is, nine, is 9%. Like we yeah. want to, to get the best returns possible. So we're balancing it out between, hey, we need to get compensated for the work we're putting in, but we also want our, our returns to be good. Yeah. And, and if you charge so much in fees, which a lot of advisors do, you can't have great returns. And guys, that's why I'm so hyped about this partnership because you are now, for one, especially a group of your caliber. I mean, you guys are a very large financial planning. I don't. We 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 manage just right now. We manage just under six hundred million dollars in assets. Six hundred million dollars. Yeah. And so, Spencer, if we're just being honest between you and I, you guys don't usually take people that only want to give you five grand. Right, like you don't take people that want to give you ten grand, twenty. It's usually a fifty thousand dollar minimum around that. Well, and 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 to be honest with you, typically it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. Just to be honest with you, now if if someone refers someone, like an existing client, an existing client, anytime an existing client will refer someone, regardless, we want to take care of them because. That's, we want to ruin you with the other client. Exactly. We want to keep everyone happy type of thing. So we will. But if it, just being totally honest, yeah, if someone walks in off the street and says, hey, I have 10K to invest, we probably aren't going to be the right fit for them. Put them and somewhere we, else. Yeah. Or refer them to someone else. It's not else. worth your time. And, kind of and, thing. and a lot of times, and I've had this meeting with multiple people, I've said, hey, go open up a Vanguard account. Because with 10K as well, with Amazon at $3,400 a share, 
you, you can't buy a whole lot with 10K as yeah. well. And so um, typically we, we won't. All, but, but, but we're going to break that barrier, right? Uh, at oh, Empower. A- absolutely. From the standpoint of we're going to take care of anyone and we're going to provide the same level of service to someone who wants to give us, you know, start with 10K to someone who wants to give us 500K. Whatever it is, we're gonna provide that same level of service and portfolio management to help them grow that money. Totally. Most of the time what happens, and I understand this, there has to be trust involved. Mm-hmm. And I think for you, same thing it was happened. very skeptical. Yeah. And then over time, trust was built. And that trust was built by communication and talking, but then that also actual performance to say, hey, these guys do know what they're doing. And so if someone wants to start with 20K or 30K, great. Whatever they want to start with, get comfortable with us and, 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 and let's keep going. Normally what happens is when they do that, they come back in a year or two and say, man, why didn't I just give you the whole 200? I should have just done more. Yeah, I should have just done it immediately. Sure. Too. But I totally get how it works. But yes, we will take care of any Empower employee regardless of the amount they want to start with. Which guys? You've already got your first customer here. We got Carly Bailey. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there we go, Carly. You'll get my number. We'll make sure that I give my contact information and you can reach out and, and we'll start the process. And maybe we should talk a little bit about what that process is. Yeah, real quick before that, guys, okay. I just want to really emphasize how big of a deal this is. Like Iron Gate Global, they have... I, I did. Spencer said I did go to bat for you guys. I really did. Yeah, I did. called Spencer. I called Brett, the other partners. And I said, I want our Empower employees to really be financially free. Like it's something I believe in. It's something I really want. And I think investing in the real estate market is awesome, but that usually can't come till you have two years of tax returns yeah. for a 1099 employee. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, there's so many reps that have money right now that have 20, 30, 40, 50 grand sitting there that can't do anything in the real estate market for a year or two years from now, that are rookies or second-year reps with us, that should be using their money. I mean, inflation, if your money's in the bank account right now, just sitting there, it's going down in value, right? Inflation's killing us right now. Inflation is up almost at 5%. So yes, you're just losing, your purchasing power is going down, yes. But there's so many reps that just didn't know what to do with their money, didn't know where to put it, didn't believe in financial advisors, didn't know what financial advisors were, didn't understand their rates, whatever it was. So guys, this is a big deal because honestly, right now, what we're able to do is now everyone can invest with Iron Gate. It doesn't matter if you have five grand, 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand, whatever you have, you can invest. Instead of paying a 1.5% fee, which a lot of people pay for the, in the industry. Well, in 1.5, two, two and a half, especially for the amounts you're talking. I, I, I met with someone the other day that was being, they were being charged two and a quarter. Because usually the less you have, the more they charge you. Exactly. Right? That's one of the unique things about it as well. Yeah. The less you have, the higher the fee percentage that you're paying. For we're sure. We're just doing a flat 1% for, for everyone. all Empower employees, and, right? And, and I do want to put a plug in for Jake. You did go to bat. Jake texted me and said, hey, I got this idea. I really want our guys to understand how to save and grow their money and they can do it and have access to it. You know, what do we got to do to remove any barriers? Like you said, well, let's educate. Let's talk about what financial advising, what investing is. Okay, what's what's the lowest fee that you can give my (laughs) guys and totally do it? And as we ran numbers and as I talked with my partners, that 1% is a significant discount to what they would normally be paying. Especially if you're only going to bring 10K to the table, right? I mean, if you're bringing 10 grand or five grand to any advisor in Utah, you're not going to get a 1% fee. No. Like no one's going to give you that rate. 
And then for upper leadership, we have a little bit different rate structure too. Yeah. And so it's so exciting. So everyone on this call that's listening, in my opinion, if you have 10K, 20K just sitting there in the bank account and you don't know what to do with it, this is a great place to put it. Yeah. It's a 1% fee. It's cheaper than anything else you can find. It'll save you tons of time, give you a great return. And you can let that money sit there and it's liquid. So anytime they want it, if they want to buy a house in two years with it, they can pull it all out, right? Yeah. That's how it works in the stock market. You, you have access to it at any time. Now, this is what I would say. Because of our focus as long-term investors, if you know you're going to need this money within the next 12 months, we don't recommend investing it. Because one thing we hate to do is sell when the market is down. We want to be buying when the market is down. So yeah. if you're saying, hey, I'm going to be buying a house within the next six months, or I'm going to be buying a car in the next six months or 12 months or whatever it is, I, I recommend you keep it out of the stock market because it's volatile and it goes ups and ups and up and down. But if you're saying, hey, I want to buy a home in two years or I want to buy a home in three years or something like that, absolutely. That's long-term focus. That's our, that fits within our time horizon. And, and what we do is it, we open up. The other thing that's important to know in the industry is we don't hold your money. We don't want to hold your money. That's Ponzi schemes and that's, you know, that's fraudulent stuff. You have, that's a red flag if you ever meet an advisor that's like, hey, write your check out to me. That's really <laughs> bad. So what, what we do is our custodian of funds. So for example, Jake. Jake, we got personal information from him, birth date, social security number, address, and then our client services team opened up Jake's accounts. So they're in Jake's names at TD Ameritrade. They're and fully then, mine. They're not yours. No, you exactly. Them. Fully yours. And then what we have is discretionary trading authority, meaning that we can go in and we can buy and sell individual names. Without asking me, just doing it. Exactly. Right? And at any time, Jake can call TD Ameritrade and say, I want my money. Give me mm -hmm. my money. And TD Ameritrade's the one. So Jake gets statements from us to report performance, but he also gets statements from TD Ameritrade to report performance, a big financial institution, so that he has the full confidence, nothing fraudulent's going on. These guys aren't making up any numbers, nothing like that, because it's getting verified by a third party as well. Yeah. So for anyone that would want to do this, you'd get on the phone with me. We'd get personal information with our client services team. And then they would fill in the application. We do everything via DocuSign, mm -hmm. open your accounts, and then you can fund the account. Most of the time, what people do is they link one of their personal accounts, bank so accounts. I have, right? Yeah, you have a personal account linked to your investment account. Once again, both your accounts. Nothing's in Iron Gate's name or anything, but both your accounts. And then you can send money back and forth. And yeah, if you needed the money, if you needed 30K, just I could call you, you right? You call me and say, hey, Spence, I need 30K. It's within your it's in your bank account within 48 hours. Mm -hmm. Vice versa, hey, Spence, it's been a great month. I want to I put 30K more into the account. You call or text me. We get double verification, and we pull it into your investment account, and we start to make that money work. Spencer, Perfect. we've got another customer for you, brother. I like it. Who's we, this? we got Layla Shehab. So I, I like it. They're both asking how they can sign up. Can we just give you their number, or do you want us to get in contact so, with So, yeah. Else? So, all really quickly, and then Cody's going to put it on the chat as well. So, my phone number is 801-300-7125. And you can call me or you can text me. Texting is probably going to be better if I get a flood. Uh, so just text me and then I'll figure out a time. I'll, I'll text you back and we can schedule a time. Or you can email me. And my email address is Spencer. So S-P-E-N-C-E-R at 
iggacom And you want them just to send you a text and say, hey, Spencer, my name is Layla. I work for Empower. They need to say they work for Empower, Absolutely. Right? Identify yourself <laughs> that sure you that work they know for that. Empower. Yes. Because if you don't work for Empower, you're going to have a higher rate. So make sure you say, I work for Empower. Yeah. And you'll say, cool, I'll give you a call. At this time, we'll touch base and they can invest with you. Absolutely. I think as strategy guys, we talked about the $100,000 turning to 800000 Well, imagine if you worked at Empower for four years and you could invest hundred grand for four years straight. I mean, let's, can we talk about that for a second? These yeah. reps, a lot of them want to be here for three or four or five years. They've already been here for two or three years and they have money coming in. And when you're 23 years old and you're single and whatever else, if you make 200 grand a year, you would think you could probably invest half of that, right? While you're waiting for different opportunities with real estate or whatever it is. By the way, guys, my accounts, my, my investing, my portfolio is half real estate, half in the market. Yeah. And so that's kind of the way I like to do it. So I'm not saying go one or the other heavy. I say be, have a, like, have a lot of different options, right? When it comes to your financial freedom and don't just use one. And so that's what I do. So I would definitely suggest putting money in with you for multiple years as you can. But let's talk about that. What does that look like compounding? So, and that's the compounding interest is it's so nerdy of me, but I love running these things yeah. because it's so amazing what a little bit can do in terms of like, I'm just pulling this up right here. If someone, let's say someone puts in $4,000 a month into, uh, so you're talking $50,000 a year. Yeah. Okay. So after 10 years that you put in, if, if you do this for 10 years, yeah. but you put in 480 grand, okay? Uh, and that's with no growth whatsoever. So if you just saved $4,000 a month in your bank account and just kept it going, yeah. after 10 years, you'd have $480,000. If, if you did that for 20 years, so these guys that are, if you're 25 years old, 35, you'd have $480,000. By the time you're 45, you'd have $960,000. Just by saving your money. Just by saving your money. Your no growth in your bank account. Okay. okay? That's $4,000 a month. Now let's say, let, let, let's not, let's go under the 11%. Let's go 8%, okay? If someone, and this is compounding wealth, okay? So if you can just get an 8% return after 10 years, that 480 is actually 750 grand. So you've made almost 300 grand by not doing anything. After how many years? After 10. After That's 10 years. 10 years, okay? After 20 years, what I say, 960,000, if you just get 8% return, you have $2.3 million by the time you're you know, 40 years old or 45 years old or something yeah. like that. That's the power of compound. And, and you want to get crazy because the compounding is the back end is when you get the most. And the thing you guys have... Once again, I don't want to get too nerdy. I'm 41 years old. I only have about 40 more years for compounding interest, hopefully 50 or 60, but I probably won't live that long. You guys are 20, so you've got you've got a lot more time and that's your yeah. greatest asset. So if you, I mean if you're putting that in and you can get 11% like we've matched, I mean by the time by the time you're you know year 30 at $4,000 a month, I mean you're at 10.6 million dollars. Wow. So guys, everyone on this call can be a multimillionaire. Oh, everyone. If, if, if you're selling and you're able to put away a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, I mean, if, if obviously the more you save, the quicker you're going to get there, but yes, you have access to becoming a millionaire, which 
Sounds really cliche, but it's totally true with the numbers of what your sales guys are doing, what empowers being able to generate for their, you know, the opportunities. And, and then from an investing standpoint, yeah. Especially you, with you lower fees and different things like that. Lower fees make a huge difference. I mean, you, you notice 1% is a big deal. 1% is a huge deal. That so changes. even half a percent, you know, is a big deal over 20 years. In one year, uh, you know, it's nice and it's good. But over a 10, 15, 20-year period, it's a huge amount of money. So let's just say really quick, hypothetically, I think that a lot of our employees are 20. Let's just do a little scenario. Okay. I think a lot of our employees are 22 years old. Okay. And they're probably going to work here for, I would say, four years max. Okay. And they're going to move on to different things, which is totally fine. If you're 22 and for four years you can invest 50000 so when you're 26, you've personally invested 200000 what is that going to look like when you're 46? Oh, great question. Like okay. just 20 years later in your 40s, if you don't touch it, you just hold on to it. You throw away 50 grand a year because you guys are making 150 or 200. What's that going to kind of look like for a 46-year-old that did four years of investing in their 20s? I like it. At 11% at your guys' rate. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run that number really quickly in my calculator. And then, well, then we're going to open up for questions and wrap up the podcast here in about five minutes. I was going to say, while you're running those numbers, Spencer, Sean says, if I can beat you in a one-on-one, will you take that 1% down? <laughs> <laughs> Sean, uh, how, how tall are you, Sean? That's the biggest about question. Six two. Sean. Six two. Uh, Sean, I like my chances. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's do it. You guys can't tell. Spencer's sitting down. We look about the same height in this picture, but Spencer, how tall are you? Six, I'm six eight. Six eight. So yep. Hold on. So you said 200000 a year for four years? I'm saying 50000 a year. Oh, 50000 a year. 50 okay, grand good. a year for four years. So you have 200000 total. Yep. I'm just curious for guys, I want them to really get the vision of investing and compounding interest in the market. Okay. And so it, it, after 20 years, you're after saying 20 years, those, 11%, what you guys have got, right? Okay. Yeah. Give me a second. And I'm just curious, guys, I think it's amazing. And imagine that diversity that we could all have as empower employees. If we said, yeah, I have five or six rental properties and I've got a couple million dollars in the stock market. So so that's that, that turns into that 50000 a year for four years yeah. and then just leaving it alone for 20, for 20 years. years turns into $1.6 So that's a reality. Yeah. I mean, fifty grand a year, that's all. I, I don't know if that's something like a lot, but for our employees, they make hundred grand plus a year. Uh-huh. Very, very, very common to make $100,000 plus. Yeah. And they're 22 and single. Or if they're married, they have, they've been, they're newlywed or they have one kid usually, stuff like that. Yeah. 50000 a year is doable. Yeah, for what you're generating, yes. The the thing you have to be careful of is what what we call lifestyle creep. Yes. And you know, someone's a student. They're working. They're making thirty grand, forty grand, and they're making it work. And then all of a sudden, they start selling, and they make one hundred and fifty grand. All of a sudden, their lifestyle goes up to one hundred and fifty grand. And yes. the key in all of this during these four years is to not let that happen. Like, enjoy it. You guys are working hard. Spend a little more. That's great. But have an idea of, and I love Jake's idea, 50 grand, 100 grand, 20 grand, whatever mm-hmm. that number is. But if you can, if you can put aside 50 grand for four years and we can grow it at 11%, it, by the time in 20 years, you've got $1.6 million. And all you do is pay $200,000. Yeah. And in return, you got $1.6 million back. Yep, exactly. And that's why I really believe that everyone on this call can be a millionaire in yeah. their 40s. That's insane. I mean, one in three Americans has no dollars for retirement, right? Yep. They have nothing set aside. Yep. And this is saying you can be a millionaire in your 40s 
if you let it sit till you're 56 instead of 46, that's going to double again oh, to over 2 million, right? Well, oh, absolutely. So you got times on your side. Mil- oh, times totally on your side. We're and in a good spot. I, I'll give you one more plug as well um, in, in the sense of, so within that 50 grand or that 200 grand that you're putting, there are certain types of accounts that are more beneficial to be putting it into. Yeah. And for example, there was an article that recently came out in a finan- in, in, a, in a, a financial kind of publication in terms of Roth IRAs. And I don't want to get into the weeds, but Roth IRAs are tax-free accounts. And it talked about some really wealthy individuals. Ted Weschler is one of them, who's Warren Buffett's right-hand man, who had figured out a way how to get about $256 million into his Roth IRA. Wow. Now, now Roth IRAs have a cap of how much you can put, $6,000 uh-huh. a year. You can do conversions, and there's some other stuff. Peter Thiel has a Roth IRA t- complete tax-free account that's worth $5 billion. Oh, so my gosh. So that's, that's where, and I'm not saying we'll turn a, an account into $5 billion, but what I'm saying is there's also certain types of accounts. So that 1.6, that's two hundred grand that can grow to 1.6. Well, what if a portion of it was completely tax-free. That and that's you what you're going to help us with, And that's right? the kind of stuff that I'm talking about. There's different accounts that you can open, and that's what a good financial advisor does that says, hey, you're saving 50 grand. Let's put six of it in this tax-free account this year. Yeah. And, and, and we need to, within certain loopholes and certain strategies yeah. and stuff like that, we'll do that. And then the 43, let's put in this other account. That's where a good financial advisor is proactive and not just taking your money and saying, okay, we'll, we'll invest it. That's great. But it's, hey, what about this? This can add a little more value by putting it in this account and stuff like that. So that's the kind of stuff that I'll talk with them as well. And so just really quick, a little plug. Spencer is very responsive. Iron Gate is a great company. Again, I've worked with you guys for years now and had great success. I've been super happy with it. You text back, you respond. And I... I I have a dream, it's like a speech. No, I have a dream. I have a thought one day that in a year from now or two years from now, I can call um, Spencer and we talked about on the phone how you're going to give me access, uh, not access, but you're going to give me numbers on how much at Empower we have invested yeah. total. Yeah. And so we're going to be able to look into it and see, we're not going to know individual names, but we're going to look into it and see Empower as a whole has invested $3 million, $4 million worth Iron Gate. And imagine that guys for recruiting or anything else to say, at Empower, we really do care. We really do care about your money. We're going to help you invest it. We have partnerships set up to get you lower rates, early access where you normally couldn't invest with only 10 grand mm-hmm. and with these type of quality people. And at Empower, we have 4 million invested, 5 million invested between our reps, between people in their 20s. And that's kind of the goal I have. So I want everyone on this call before we open up for questions to really think in your head, I want to invest $10,000 minimum this year. 10,000 minimum with Spencer. That's going to drive Spencer crazy because he's used to handle with more, but that's what we want for with Empower. I want everyone here to have a minimum of 10,000. I want to have a minimum of 2 million in the Empower portfolio by the end of 2021 is my goal. I like it. So I'll, I'll help with that. And we'll all help with that. I, I think that's a great goal and I think it's totally doable. And what's going to be fun is sticking with it. And, and on a year in and year out basis, say, hey, Empower is 2 million and it's yep. grown to 2.8 million. For sure. And now it's at 3.6. And now it's, and, and, and just thinking three years and five years down the road, what's capable uh, or what's possible of 
you know, starting just with this little thing, you think about what the firm has done. And then from a sales standpoint, being able to say, hey, not only have we made this money by selling, and this is what our reps are doing, but then also we've invested this amount with our partners and it's grown to this For amount sure. as well. And being able to kind of do it on both fronts. And we're going to have Spencer on multiple times, four times this year, quarterly, we're going to have Spencer and his partners come on. We're going to have Brett come on, talk about yeah. options, some more in-depth technical yep. terms. We'll have um, Brian come on as well, right? Yeah. And we'll have all the partners show up and get to know you guys and give you guys input and information. But I want to give about five minutes for questions. Cody, what do we have? Okay, so we got three questions. Question number one is, is the 1% locked in? Yes. The 1% for any Empower employee is locked in right now. It, it's not going to go up ever. You will, as long as you stay with it. And, and look, if you are with Empower for four years or five years or two years or whatever, and then you end up leaving and jumping and doing something else, we will always honor that Empower rate because you're part of the fraternity, so to speak. Okay, cool. So that was the second question is if when they leave Empower or after we sell or whatever and they decide to leave, if they'll still get that rate. Stay, it'll stay exactly the same. We'll never raise that rate on you. Cool. And then the last question is from Chandler, one of our big baller regionals here. He says, has Iron Gate ever experienced a year where the return was dramatically low under about 10%? Yeah, absolutely. So in, in 2009, well, you, you can go back and I'm, I'm happy to share. That's one of the things I love is full disclosure. We'll show you everything. So if you go back on a year by year basis, 2002, for example, the market was down 22%. We were down 19%. 2001, the market was down 11%. We were up 15%. So that was a wow. big swing. Um, 2008, Market was down 37%. We were down 32%. That was the crazy, I mean, that was a, that was a nutty, nutty year. Um, and then after that, no, no. You, you have 2002 and 2008. And within that, you have, like I said, you've, you've, got, you've got a year where the market was down 9%. We were up 39%. Like I said, down 11%. We were up 15%. But you have, you have two years where we were down more than 10% in 2002 and 2008. But you're still always beating the market, aren't you? Yeah, outperform. Of, of the, and not every single year. That's important to say. So of the last 22 years, we've outperformed the market 16. And on an aggregate, yes, we've significantly outperformed it. But cool. like in, for example, in 2000. Uh, 2018, the market was down 4.3%. We were down 5%, 5.3%. So, yeah, we Because sometimes you do a little riskier stuff. Sometimes you go a little after a little bit and yeah. tweak things. Look, but it's a long-term game. Yeah, right? it's a long-term game. And and look, it, just like in basketball, I didn't make every single shot I, w I, I, I took. And from an investing standpoint, like I don't want to paint a picture also that we're perfect that everything we do is right and we've only yeah. invested in good companies. We've made mistakes in investing and after a while the company hasn't done what we thought it would and the stock hasn't really performed and we say, okay, we've got to go do another, you know, go to another company. So we don't bat a thousand percent. And just so you know in this industry, nobody does. Ninety two percent of advisors do not outperform the stock market. Eight percent do. 
We're just saying we're one of those 8%. You're in that 8%. Yeah, we are in that 8% and actually near the top of that 8%. So yeah, it, it, trust me, we're not perfect. Your account's not always going to go straight up. It's going to, yours has gone up and down over time. You experienced COVID. Yeah, I, I was with you guys. Yeah. I, be, I invested a lot of money before COVID. Yeah, you COVID did, did not exist, right? Do you want to know what? You're a great example, actually, of this. So Jake, when I look back, Jake put a large amount of money with us before COVID. And that's one thing that differentiates us from other advisors as well. Most advisors, when you cut them a check, the money goes into the market immediately. It's, hey, 500 grand showed up, it's going into these mutual funds. Yeah, We have a process where these companies we invest in, we have what we would call buy territory, meaning prices that we want to buy at and prices that we don't want to buy at. And if something's expensive, we're not going to go spend your money on something that's expensive. We're going to wait for it to come into our buy territory. So, Jake gives us this money. We're sitting on a majority of it. We put some of it to work because there were some things, good things to buy. But February, the market was pretty high. We bought a little bit of some specific companies. And, and candidly, I'll tell you this, I'll go back. We hadn't meaningfully bought anything since September of the previous year. So yeah. people that were giving us new money, October, November, December, January, and the market was just kind of creeping higher. And they were making a little bit, but we we were sitting on cash. They were like, some of them new ones, because it takes a second to get used to our process. We're like, yeah. what am I paying you for type of thing? And I'm like, trust the process. Just trust the process. Now, we didn't know COVID was going to happen, but we do know the market has downturns every single year. And that's when we can go in and buy. Well, COVID hit, which was a crazy good opportunity. It was so good that we trusted our process and followed it so that you had a lot of cash. And that's when we got crazy and that's why we bought. And that's why your one-year returns were super nuts Yeah, was because we were able to buy at the good time. So someone who invests with us today, you give us 50 grand. We're not going to go put 50 grand in the market immediately. We're we are, time it, right? Put 30 yeah, grand in, we, hold the rest. We are the cheapest investors you can e- ever imagine. We do not go pay full retail price for something. We wait for the things to go on sale, so to speak. And so when the market has pullbacks, frankly, right now, there's a couple names that are on sale. And so we'd go buy those things immediately for you. But then we'd be patient and we'd wait for the market to give us opportunities. And when it did... We'd put that to work. And that's how you get these type of returns. You can't just throw your money in the market at any time. You've got to follow a process. And and that's why we've been able to do so well. Well, is there any other questions, Cody? Well, guys, just to wrap up the call and, and wrap up the podcast, Spencer, it's been awesome to have you. Like you're one of my favorite people to talk to. You're always happy and positive and you're always full of good news usually. <laughs> and I think it's been yeah. really cool. I'm really excited to have a partnership now with uh you know, investment financial planning group. I'm really excited to have advisors that are our personal people that work with us. And we're gonna have you on multiple times throughout the year, yeah. really involved in our company. It's some of our retreats we're gonna invite you to, stuff like that or talk at. And we're gonna really push this. And and so the goal is Adam Power to hit two million dollars invested with Iron Gate by the end of the year. I like it. We have a way lower fee. There's no reason not to Normally, you guys are in the top 8% of all advisors in the country, and you're in the top of the top 8%. Yeah. Normally, to get in this group, guys, you can't even invest without a minimum amount of, mon- a minimum amount of money. Sorry. Yeah. And also, you can't get in for a rate lower than 1.5 to 2% usually. Yeah. So we're literally cutting the rate in half and getting rid of the minimum buy-in. 
and it's a perfect opportunity. We want all reps to do it. Is there anything else you want to throw in there? No, we, did, we did have one more question. Okay, Sorry. go ahead. Part of Sean's question from earlier is what all are the services that you guys are providing? Are you just providing investment? Are you providing financial advice? Where are you guys at with that? Great question. So portfolio management, so actually managing the investments. And then, yeah, it, and, and Jake will tell you other uh, sales guys or, or guys that are starting to work with us. Yes, financial advising in the sense if you have questions about stuff, you can text me, you can email me, I'm responsive, I'll get back to you. We have a team of advisors as well, and so that work together on all of this stuff. Um, and then, yeah, further down the road, financial planning. I've done that with an, with a few people as well. Yeah. And so those are the services that we provide, and uh, happy to talk through whatever you're wanting and needing. Uh, there hasn't been anything that we haven't been able to provide a client. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you so much, Spencer. Thanks for being on the Empower Thanks. Podcast. We can't wait to have you on again. Great to be here. Thanks a lot, Jake. A once in a lifetime. You need to never stop improving. The constant focus on individual growth. How will you be financially free? Welcome to the Empower Podcast.